The last torch led our way into a racing dark. Shapes appeared on all sides, statues flinging through our red circle in a moment and gone before I could see them properly. They were falling to pieces the farther into the courtyard we ran. Some had no heads, others had no legs, and upon the stoops some were missing entirely, replaced with things I could not see as I rushed past but vaguely resembled skulls set in piles. Behind us the silent horde came on, seen only in brief reflections of the light in their eyes. I was aware now of a hissing sound beneath the pound of our feet, like breathing in the earth, but always in our wake. From the shadows on the left and right, the shambling horrors appeared, now closing into our narrow lane. The courtyard, which seemed endless there in the darkness, was now alive with shapes both foreign and familiar. Tentacle arms, pointed ends, and shambling flesh without form, all slipping nearer and nearer as we drove deep into the city. Soon they would be on the road, and we without defense. I would have taken a moment to reprimand myself for such a foolish escapade if terror were not so filling my thoughts. At a moment, something wet fell upon my back. I dared not turn to find out what caused it. Nieder, who was running on my left, his lanky form stretching out with each stride, pointed suddenly ahead. Look! He cried. I did look, for where else was I to turn? It was only darkness and horror on all sides. Before us, a light was taking shape, pale and green, grim as the earliest morning, but a light like the deepest part of verdant waters. It grew as a rising sun seen through thick clouds, becoming brighter, until a soft emerald glow showed ahead a path of descending stairs. Two buildings rose up, pointed and thin both like reaching fingers with shattered ends where their tops had been crushed. I wondered briefly what thing could have been so massive to crush them, and I was reminded that such a creature was on our backs. Between the buildings, upon the stairway, a colored flame was burgeoning, jade twilight upon twin candlesticks, each high on a wall opposite another. And before the stairway, black shadows twisted and writhed, colorless evils that mirrored the shapes in either hand. The gap between was thin, but if we rushed it, perhaps we would make our way. As if aware that we had made our choice, a sound rose from behind us, the clatter of many of the stone statues being cast asunder. They echoed and rolled like a landslide, breaking upon the black courtyard stone and carrying into the dark. There still was no voice from our pursuers, but over the din I discerned slithering, wet, sliding drags, and the air about us seemed to shake with something violent, buzzing about our ears. The billowing roll of the statues falling began to catch us, like the waves of the sea pressing closer to shore, and soon I could see out of my eye's corner the scattered rubble as ones we had just passed went falling to the stone. But I did not turn, nor neither at my side, and we lowered our heads. What good was panic here? Either we found the green light or we died in darkness, but fear offered no better path. The avalanche behind us swept by our ears, now cascading towards our hopeful glow. Statues fell onto the road, dead heads and broken swords, and at their backs creatures with no name, climbing and voicelessly screaming at our feet. I steeled my eyes. I would not look. They had no face, no form. I did not want to remember. We came upon the green light of the stairway and emerged with our own red torch to make an ugly shade, muddy and wrecked but infinitely better than darkness at our backs. 
Twisting shapes appeared from the dark, limbs and mouths and far too many eyes bound in singular skin and bony ends. One of the statues flew before us, cast from our backs, and crashed against the wall. Nieder pulled ahead, and in a moment he was standing between the high buildings. A reaching finger grasped for his knee, but failed and fell quietly to the earth. I was next, torch in hand, but as I made for the last small gap, something wet and scaly reached about my ankles. It was warm and chilled at the same time, like a fever in the flu, and where it grabbed, my leg became numb. I screamed, or I think I did, though it all comes in hazy memory now. A breath of fog wisped about my ears, and a soiled stench entered my nostrils, sitting upon my tongue. I coughed and shouted, but even as I did, more reaching limbs came from the dark. The torch fell and was snuffed by meaty flesh. Something like saliva fell upon my back. Then, Nieder was there. His gangly limbs reached out of the green stairway, a lifeline in raging seas. I crawled desperately for them, and we connected both to the other. Nieder began to pull. His strength was surprising for one so frail. Perhaps this was a power of his, but the horrors behind me would not give so easily. The terrors at my back began a tug of war, and my body was tormented with the struggle, stretched and seared by strange sensations. But it was a losing war. More dark shapes were sliding from the places between the statues, Soon I would be overcome. Nieder gave a grunt and said something under his breath I could not hear. One hand let go. I screamed, for I was sure I was betrayed, but suddenly Nieder produced something like a knife from his pocket, though it was white as crystal. This he threw behind me, and it collided and crashed with whatever monster had my body. A sound of glass breaking came from the dark, and on its heels a trembling, guttural roar that shook my bones through coiled fingers. Another statue came tumbling down beside my head, and on it sizzling flesh that boiled a smoke into my eyes. It stung, and the smell nearly overwhelmed me to fainting, but I held on as dearly as I held the eater's last hand. A burst of white color flashed behind me. What it was, I do not know, and Nieder later would call it ordinary magic, whatever that might mean. I heard a sound like flames upon leather and an odor much the same reached me. The tentacle, or finger, or hand, or whatever evil was about my leg, gave up its hold, and suddenly I was borne through the air by Nieder's pulling. The dark shapes of the courtyard reached for me, and some scraped my limbs, leaving cuts and sores, but I was quickly bathed in green light. Then we fell. The stairway yawned before us, and we, off balance as we were, tumbled every last one of them. I don't know how many steps there were, only that once we reached the bottom, I looked up and it seemed I was looking high to a mountaintop, so far below was I. Every limb ached with bruises. It was a miracle I had not been pounded to pulp or been shredded by my own bones. Nieder lay beside me, blood dark as black night pouring from an open wound over his eye, but otherwise intact. Well, quite a run, he gasped. His eyes flitted up to the high entrance. None of the shapes were following, though I doubt either of us trusted that to last. We should keep going, I said, trying to sound braver than I felt in the moment. Despite the green light of the stairway, I felt naked without my torch. 
The fleeting thought of running back to retrieve it crossed me, but no, that was a fool's gambit. I had a feeling it would be sorely missed, though. Who knew what darkness lay ahead? Nieder stood slowly and helped me to stand as well. While I rubbed my bruises and groaned through my aches, he took the map from his jacket and looked it over. Hmm, if this is correct, I must assume we are halfway to this divide. Thaddeus said it was here. Yes, this section we have come to is marked with an X. Is that good? I wondered. But who can say, lad? You men are strange creatures. X is good, X is bad, X is death, X is where the treasure lies. No consistency at all. But in this city, I would think it is something to be cautious of. Well, we have no light of our own now, so we must be cautious either way, I said. Indeed! Quite an eye for detail, Kaelin. Maybe that is your special power. I hope not. That would be useless, I said. I looked back once more to the high stairway. No shapes had come down, but in the dark beyond the green light I saw a horde of red dots floating. I shuddered. Those things do not seem to be keen on following us. Maybe we will have some peace for a bit. Do not count on luck, lad, for it is a fickle mistress, Nader said, then turned and began on again. The path before us continued on in a curving manner, delving out of sight some hundred feet or more ahead. On either side, walls of faceless houses rose, each many stories tall, whose end went out beyond the reach of the green candles that lit the way. Thankfully, the candles went on for as far as we could see, though I admit to being distrustful of their nature. What sorcery is needed to make a fire glow the color of an emerald? This was nothing worthy of blind faith, I firmly believed. More concerning, however, were not the green candles, but that which lie above them. The glow of our haunted guides went out but a few feet above their handle, and though they were stronger down below, filling the path with ghostly light, in the high places of the walled homes they disappeared swiftly, with barely a viridian glimmer in a distant window to show their path. It was in that darkness I feared things unseen, for often a glint of something reflecting white would appear, and though it may have been windows seen from an odd angle, I could never shake the feeling we were watched there on the path beneath. Noise returned now. Where the courtyard had been a muffled void of empty sounds, now I could hear a faraway clamor of wind. Or, what I hoped was wind. It rustled and beat in odd rhythms, not unlike the flight of wings, but it was hushed enough that I could convince myself it was only the clouds blowing on the housetops. I could not, however, explain the constant and interruptive tapping that would come at intervals overhead. It happened often, and always when it seemed we would be just beyond the side of the curve of the last place we heard it. Nieder also appeared uneasy at the sound. The rounding road went on for an hour or more. Steadily, I became aware we were descending. It was subtle, only the slightest feeling of vertigo and a dim awareness that the sky was getting further away. But soon it became apparent the green candles were rising higher, and we going lower. The road was passing now beneath a shelf of hard limestone where no house or window looked out. Darkness was creeping up from the floor and memories of my torch were a haunting thought at the back of my mind. A grim twilight overcame us, with an emerald sky above and inky dark at our feet. 
I don't like this, I said. No, I expect you should not, Nader answered. Hold a moment, let me look. He reached into his jacket and pulled out the map once more, now a specter in the night, the ghost of what once was a guide to our path. He leaned over and squinted. Hmm, looks like the road ends up here. I can't say how far away, but I would guess soon. He lowered the map and looked out into the dark of our road. I hope it is soon. We continued on for a ways until we were far below the darkest reaches. Above us, the green light was now a band, like the striping of a jacket, lining the wall and the houses thereon. Down below, we were in utter darkness. The road was smooth, thankfully, but even so, I worried for what might suddenly appear. Already I could feel, though not see, that openings were arriving on either side. It was found in the slightest echo of a footfall, or the sudden breath of a cold wind on my arms. Where these invisible passages led, I could not guess, but I hoped dearly they were empty. After another hour of walking in darkness, and with the Viridian sky now become a grim shade far above, Nieder said, I am regretting quite a lot that I threw that torch. Yes, we had two, and we managed to lose both, I said. How far from the Divide do you say we were? I had hoped we would arrive before now, but the city goes on forever. What would the purpose of this road even be? It just goes down. There are no houses or shops, as far as I can tell. A sewer, if I would guess, Nieder said. The Divide, however. I am as lost as you, Kaelin. Ostwich is not my home. Or was not, I suppose I should say. Why... <sighs> Nieder's voice was suddenly lost in a gasp as it faded away. Nieder? I wondered in the dark. I reached out for my guide, but only darkness met me. Then, in another step, I felt a familiar sensation. My body tipped forward. I began to fall, and not for the first time on this journey, yet no less a terrifying descent. <laughs>